Welcome to Taking Back Birth, a podcast for women who know the truth about birth and those who want to explore the path of radical birth love. I'm your host, Marin Green. Taking Back Birth celebrates the power you have to make decisions in alignment with your own truth. Decisions not subject to anyone else's authority. Decisions that create experiences that will change your life. Taking Back Birth is a production of the Indie Birth Private Contract Association and IndieBirth.org. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. Welcome to 2023. Welcome to the first Midwife Monday of 2023. And just a general breath and invitation into whatever we think this new year is. I'll be honest, I have not quite processed it yet. Usually, yearly, I enjoy sitting down and feeling the year ahead, maybe choosing some words or feelings or doing some kind of ceremony. And you know what? It has not happened yet. So I am honoring that and looking forward to all of those things coming in eventually. But There really is no rhyme or reason why it has to be on January 1st. Of course, there are many starts to the new year, depending on what tradition or culture. So I'm not necessarily uh, taking this one as seriously as I have in the past. And it's all about the way it feels. You know, it's all about timing. I am headed to Oahu in just a couple of days. So in my mind and my body and my spirit, it's feeling like something big is coming. And truthfully, I don't know what that is past. Yes, this is going to be a really fun trip. Um, I'm definitely preparing in all of the ways that we do for travel. Also preparing Rumi. I told him last night as he sat next to me on the bed, just very quietly as he likes to do, that I'd be going away for a couple of days and that he would be with his dad and his siblings, and that I would be back for him, of course, and that if he missed me, and I know I'll miss him, if he missed me, he could connect soul to soul. I know he knows how to do that. He always has, even when he was in utero. And so I just reminded him of that and reminded him that we can connect in dream time. And there's all kinds of ways that we can feel each other and feel each other's presence while we're apart. But I won't lie, it sounds a bit uh, daunting at the moment to think of leaving him. And that's not what this podcast is about, but I know a lot of mothers can relate. He is probably our longest baby. He is two. And most of the other kids had a sibling for sure by now, like a couple months old even. So he is our baby, our extended baby. And that's probably part of the reason why it's feeling so weird physically to even leave him. He's still nursing only twice a day, but those are very, very special times that I have not been taking for granted because I really don't know when I return if he'll nurse. You never know, right? You never know when you leave a nursing toddler for a trip. Uh, I've done it before, and I'm pretty sure everybody I've left for a little bit of time, and again, they might have been older, maybe three, 
they've all nursed when I've returned. But, you know, I don't want to assume that. So I'm really, really relishing these last couple of mornings and nights with him and his little body close to mine and all of that. I'm really, truly going to miss him. And of course, all of the kids. But there's something just visceral about the mama baby connection, even with a toddler. So that is, I guess, part of my preparation and whatever that means and whatever that will mean for him and Jason, I don't know. We're not quite sure. So sharing that because things are feeling a little open-ended. So uh, some of you, I'm sure, have done the New Year's thing and that's so great. So maybe you've made resolutions or goals or just gotten clear on where you want to go or or things like that. And I really, really think that's wonderful. Like I said, I just haven't yet. And to backtrack a little, sometimes we do that at Solstice as well. We do our Yule log and we tie our intentions for the new year. We didn't do that either. Kids were sick. It was below seven degrees out, which is highly unusual and was super awful here. So we did not do our fire either. So it's just a weird feeling right now. It doesn't feel like something ended to me. It feels like I'm still kind of hanging in the middle of it. And I'm just being with that. Uh, It's okay. Even if it feels like the rest of the world has their act together and is ready to go here on January 2nd, I am not. I am just in limbo still and tying up maybe what is last year. I'm not quite sure if it really is a yearly thing, but sure, uh, tying up these loose energies and preparing for this trip and knowing deep in my soul that this trip is destined. It really is. And I dreamt of it several times. And I know it'll be great to teach this answering the call retreat and support radical midwifery in Hawaii. I know they need the support and they are looking forward as well to having that support and more midwives there uh, trained in this way. So there are lots of just really obvious benefits to doing this. But then personally, like I shared, I'm not quite sure what will come up. I know that I am supposed to be there for this time. I know I am supposed to just be on the land and align with whatever, whatever I need to align with, um, and not have too much planned. So if you're wondering what I'm going to do there, I'll have to report back. But if you have kids, I'm sure you'll agree You don't need to plan too much when you're alone on vacation. That's what I've learned. So um, there's lots of fun things to do, I'm sure, but I don't have anything laid out on a schedule. Amelia, my daughter, will be going with Margo and I, as you probably know. And so Amelia is very much that way. In fact, we may all go off on our separate ways, Margo, Amelia, and I at certain times because we're just all different. And uh, I think we'll connect with what we need to connect with in the ways we do. So I don't have any huge plans other than soaking in the sun. I am really, truly missing the sun here this winter in Kentucky. I'll tell you, that is something that is really, really hard. And I don't remember it bothering me as much last winter, but it was our first winter. And I think I was more excited (laughs) about the change in seasons and the snow. And frankly, this year, I'm sort of over it. If I could live somewhere again, where there were uh, many, many more days of sun, I would probably highly consider it. The sun is super important to my health. So I am looking forward to that in Hawaii and the water, of course, the salt water. And yeah, just the landscape and the ancestral wisdom that lives there and the culture and 
all of the beautiful things I think that will come through since I'll be open to that and I'll have time to really just sit and be. So thanks for listening to that. That is maybe a lead in into the topic today, which is probably just going to be fairly brief depending on what comes out of my mouth. I don't have any of this planned today. This idea of living by and perhaps working by, if we're birth workers, the concept of honoring our own yes or no. There's so much I want to say in a way, and yet it's really so simple. Not everyone's the same. I do honor that. And there are differences, of course, in a million ways between all of us. For one, our human design. And if you don't know what that is, you can do a Google search. I'm sure you can find a million people that know how to interpret that. I would not call myself an expert in any sense, but I've mentioned before that my husband, Jason, is really into human design. And so I know what I know, especially for myself. And for me, I'm a projector. And even if you have no idea what that means, one of the themes of living as a projector in this world is to wait, to wait for the invitation. So that might really pique the interest of those of you that don't know about human design, but all of a sudden, maybe a bell just went off and you were like, oh my gosh, that's me. Um, I can't initiate relationships. I can't start something that someone else needs to invite me to do. And there's many subtle ways that can look as well. But I think you get the gist. I can't just barrel forward with anything, with my advice, with my suggestions, with my energy, with my desire for this or that or this project or whatever without being invited first. And so really simple examples of this would be Being invited to teach, you know, being invited to teach in Oahu is a great example. Um, Yes, it was sparked in in my consciousness, but ultimately a hand was extended. Uh, Similar to our free workshop here, if and when I teach outside of my office, it's someone else offering, someone else saying, hey, come teach at my office, or even a student saying, hey, it would be great if you taught this workshop there. Let me see if I can work it out. So I'm not the initiator in that case. So that is the way it feels for me. And it is a good reminder with the start of the year, actually, to remember that and to reflect back on the invitations of this past year and how they felt. And so I think there's a lot to be said, not just about that, but about the way our egos participate in saying yes or no. So I guess, right, the first part, if it applies to you, if you are a projector like me, then you need to be invited. And then still, it doesn't mean you always say yes. So sometimes you would say no, if the invitation doesn't feel right. And not let your ego get in the way that, well, I was asked or, oh, these people want me to do this or, you know, well, maybe we can make it work. And I'm sharing this now because the last couple of weeks have been increased lessons in this capacity. So it does make sense to me to sort of tie up some of the year in that way and look forward to 
being even more conscious about how I respond. So that's what it comes down to. No matter what human design type you are, no matter what astrology, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever you live by in a sense to help guide your choices, it does come down to is it a yes or is it a no? And where do you feel that in your body? And do you listen? And that, of course, being the most important part. So when we're on this journey of just being human, and I obviously still very much am on that journey as well, there are times where we feel the no. We feel the no in ourselves. And we don't always honor it. So we don't take that final step to saying no, right? So it's a total wash in a sense, other than the lessons learned, which are so important, but it is to feel the no and then say yes and not really mean it. So I've just been reflecting more on this uh, in birth and I've noticed that it might be a really common virus, so to speak, amongst women in birth work to say yes more than they mean it. And let's get specific here for the sake of understanding through example. Really common way of being in this work, and I think this is true for midwives of many varieties as well as doulas, is we say yes to working with women that we really don't feel aligned with or resonant with. This is a really, really common theme out in the world. And I thought I'd share just for posterity's sake and to illustrate that it is a journey. Um, I thought I'd share my some of my earlier experiences in midwifery to show you that I was once also at a place where it didn't even occur to me that yes or no was a choice. And that is another very common teaching, I think, amongst midwives and doulas is that we are there to serve every woman. And if you followed our work for long enough, you know we don't agree. And in our doula academy and our school, we're constantly encouraging our students to really reflect back on themselves and their own boundaries and their own beliefs and their own philosophy and their own needs and all of that so that they can really be clear about who's right for them. Because it is really, really not a popular belief in many circles that you would not take on certain women. I think a lot of midwives or doulas might see that as, um, you know, what's the word? Um, I, my, my brain is totally not working right now, but you know, uh, just discrimination, I guess that's the word, discriminating in whatever way. And I think that word has a very negative connotation in many cases, although at the end of the day, you are being discriminating, you are being discerning. And it doesn't necessarily have to do with the other person. And that is also not a popular belief. So if a woman comes your way, she's looking for a doula, she's looking for a midwife, there may be things about 
her past history. There may be things about her present view of life. There may be things about her present circumstance where it's not judgment. It is using your discernment to say, I see that. I'm not judging it, but I see it in all the ways that we see. And it does not feel right for me. There's so many cool parts to this conversation, and I'm kind of jumping all over, so we'll see where I wind up. But one really cool part to realize is that when we honor ourselves, we are honoring the highest good. So we're not really breaking this down to, again, this idea of different personalities and egos, even though that may be true that we have sometimes contrasting or conflicting personality with people or, you know, something like that that feels personal. But at the highest level of honoring our yes and no when we're working with someone or choosing to work with someone, it is for the highest good. It is for the highest good of all. It is not really about our egos and not liking someone or anything like that. It's just, it's not right. It's not the right match. And I think you just have to live it if you haven't to know what I'm talking about. Let's take it away from birth work for a minute because I think there definitely are so many situations that each of us could find in our own lives where when we don't honor our yes or no, even in friendships or whatever, Um, it does come back to bite us. So that's the project that we each can do if we're curious, you know, kind of looking back and saying, was that, you know, how did I feel about that? And I know for me, this is funny. I know, you know, I keep a lot of journals. So I did that recently, kind of without meaning to. I went back and I read uh, what I had written about meeting with a certain potential client. And this was a while ago, so there are no identifying factors here. Um, but I, I wrote that it did not feel like a yes and that I felt a lot of fear in the situation, um, not necessarily my own, but I felt fear and it just didn't feel good. So you think I would learn from that. But in this particular situation, I did find my way negotiating it. And that's a whole other part of this conversation is sometimes our bodies say no, but then our brains get involved or people get involved or other people get involved. And somehow we start working it. We start trying to fit that square peg into a round hole because who knows why we would feel good about ourselves maybe from an ego standpoint if we could just make this work. In birth work, the common theme is, oh, but she has no one else. There are no other choices. And if I had a penny for every midwife I've ever heard that allowed herself to be put into that situation, including myself, I would really be a millionaire. So if that's ever crossed your mind as a birth worker, please, please write that down right now (laughs) somewhere where you can take time and reevaluate later. If you have ever had the thought, And then taken on that client, if you have ever had that thought, there is no other option for her. That is something really, really important to sit with. Really, really important because if it was a no and you made it a yes from this ego place, or some would say, oh, it's compassion, oh, it's caring. 
No, it's really not. If it was those things, you would see that the highest good is to honor yourself. And by honoring yourself, you're also honoring everyone else and you're freeing them, even though it may not look like it in the actual physical circumstance, you're actually freeing them to find exactly what's right for them. Imagine that. So I think I was going to take it back to not birth examples just for a minute. Um, I'm trying to think of how to word this. Well, one of my daughters, uh, who I often share about, had a situation recently where there was a boy and uh, became a boyfriend. And it just wasn't working for my daughter. She was not feeling well. Uh, I know her, you know, just about as well as anyone. And it was a really great example of her body saying no her body just not needing a reason, right? And that's the really cool and sometimes frustrating things about honoring this sense, this felt sense of yes or no, because we may not understand it. And if we allow it, it will drive us crazy. Our brains want to know, but why? Why couldn't I make it work? And what was wrong? And so she's still kind of spiraling through this after, yes, finally honoring herself, uh, but honoring her no has not allowed her brain to settle down. So we're still having daily conversations about, you know, why didn't it work? And she's asked me a couple times, what do you think was wrong? Like, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with him? And I keep saying the same thing. This isn't about blame. This isn't about someone being bad and someone being good or any of those kind of judgmental things. It's simply a matter of honoring the resonance and resonance is sound, right? It's energy. It's what runs the universe and things either go together and that works beautifully and beautiful music is made, right? Or there's a dissonance and horrible sounds um, can come from things not being resonant. So the point being, even when these relationships feel intimate. And even when we don't understand, it's just committing to honoring the yes or the no and practicing it and having others to keep us accountable and having these discussions, especially in the birth world. Because again, I've had so many with student midwives and doulas that somewhere along the line, maybe they were taught this in another course, not ours. Uh, Maybe they were taught this just by their upbringing, right? Who knows? We have this idea that when we feel we are of service, perhaps, we serve anyone, right? We don't discriminate. So if you're going to serve at that soup kitchen, of course, everyone gets soup. It's not a matter of not resonating with people, right? So we've confused these kind of things. We've confused this idea of service in birth with alienating ourselves from what is best for ourselves. And right, on an ego level, this can sound so selfish in a sense. And I think that's where a lot of women actually get hung up, which is why I'm bringing it up. Um, It's not selfish to be honest and then have to communicate that, which is definitely part of this discussion. So even recently for me, and this does still happen, obviously, Um, Someone came, a a really beautiful woman came, pregnant, of course, and she really, really was so desperate for a midwife. And I won't go into all of the details, but 
it just wasn't a match for me. And it wasn't really about her. Sure, there were some circumstances that I wasn't super comfortable with. But at the end of it, it was just this nagging feeling like in my heart almost that was like, no, like, no, uh, this is too much. This will be too tiring. You know, this is not right. It felt um, like, what's the opposite of smooth, like rough? Like I could almost feel the texture of it, that it wasn't satin smooth and it wasn't a yes. And so um, I've, I posted this video on our social the other day and you can look it up on YouTube, but there's a guy I've been following and watching his videos. His name is Kyle Cease. And the video, if I'm recalling, is called something like this. Um, If it's not a yes, it's a no or something like that. And, you know, that was another sign from the universe, so to speak, when I found his video a couple of weeks ago uh, that reinforced this idea for me that if you have to think about it, and actually, I think that's the name of his video. If you have to think about it, it's a no. And again, that might not be true for absolutely every person out there. You know yourself better, but just sit with that. Just sit with that and play with that and allow that thought to be in your life and see what comes. See if that's accurate for you. I know it is for me. And so back to this potential client, it really was not a yes. It was not a yes from the moment she left my office. And I never know, you know, people come for consults. You don't know too much about them. I mean, I know what I need to know in a sense to devote an hour of my time, but you don't feel the energy. Uh, You have to feel the energy. You know, you can't know more than you know, no matter how many nice emails have been exchanged or whatnot, you just don't know until you sit with someone. And so that would be another uh, potential piece of advice for those of you out there that are wanting that, whether you're a midwife, a student midwife, a doula, sit with people before you allow yourself to receive the yes or no and give yourself time. Even though, as I'm sharing, literally as this woman left the office, I knew in my heart this was a no. But still, um, I give time and I never say any which way when someone's in front of me. And I ask that they do the same. I ask that they also go home and sit with their own feelings around working together. But I did know that this was a no. And in the days that followed, it became a test, really. And I'm so grateful. So it didn't just sort of end. This woman really, really wanted a midwife. And, you know, she was trying her darndest, in a sense, to make it work. But that kind of effort just doesn't fit for me, you know, and I think there's an element of desperation. And maybe you've been there. Um, I feel like maybe I have in my past life, (laughs) not literally past life, but like in my younger years, uh, maybe the first time we were looking for a midwife for a home birth, you know, there may have been moments that I felt desperate as well. So I can understand that sentiment, women that really, really want this, and they feel 
challenged in making it happen. And so I think the long and short of that at times is they can kind of take it out on people without meaning to. So whether you're the midwife, the doula, um, you know, it becomes about you. It becomes about you being the one that is their savior. And again, those of you that know me, which is probably all of you listening, I also don't do that energy. So there was just a variety of reasons that this wasn't right. And this woman kept trying and there was all kinds of, um, you know, further discussion, which I was happy to have, although in hindsight, I guess I could have just called it off right away. I really was trying. I was really trying to use my creative imagination in how this woman can, could be helped even down to things that had nothing to do with me and possibly other people and, you know, just really, really trying to help her. But it got to a point where it was just so painfully obvious to me that this was going nowhere and that this woman really needed to be freed from this idea of working with me to find what she's really after, you know, and to find uh, her real situation that was is really going to serve her. So I finally said it just as nicely as I could, you know, that this wasn't aligned at this time. And she got really angry. She got really angry. And I'll leave it at that. Uh, but it was a really great lesson for me to receive that energy and to be reaffirmed in my yes and my no. And it was a no from the start, and I should have honored that. And because I didn't, I got to see it play out. And I'm so grateful, again, because the universe then really showed me, hey, Marin, uh, this was a no, and here's what happens, and here's what could have happened if you had really ignored that no, right? Because when a woman gets angry with you and you don't even know her, Uh, And she somehow thinks you owe her something. And that's a really, you know, that's a really icky thing. I think that's out in the world and it's not just midwifery. Sometimes people feel really entitled to whatever it is working with someone, you know, and midwives get treated just as maybe, I don't know, plumbers do. Like people get angry when they can't get an appointment with a plumber and how dare they and, you know, that kind of thing. And it's like, no, midwives or at least me, I can't speak for other midwives, but I don't work like that. I'm not, I'm not guaranteed to anyone and no one's guaranteed to me. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It depends on a resonant match. And the fact that this woman didn't understand that on top of it just showed me even more how bad of a match this would have been. So can you imagine uh, someone that gets angry about a consult? Can you imagine if their birth didn't go exactly to plan? So, so grateful. Again, thank you, universe. And just to kind of circle back, it brought me to this deeper level in meaning, which I do want to reiterate again, which is it's not about us. So that doesn't mean it's not about taking responsibility for our yes or no, right? We're humans here on this earth in a physical body. We have to communicate. We have to communicate with people and In this case, as I shared, I could have probably communicated possibly better and possibly earlier. So lesson learned. Um, But at the end of it, it really isn't about me at the same time that I do take responsibility. So it is the highest good for all. And something that was shared with me this week um, in relation to this topic in general was from one of my mentors, one of my elders, who said, the same, right? It's not about me saying no, because that's weird sometimes. And certainly people don't take that entirely 
well at times and they don't really understand this higher meaning of resonant match. So from my elder, uh, her words, and I think I will move to using this. And if people don't understand, that's on them. Uh, The words being, I do not have permission to step into your field. And, you know, that might sound kind of woo-woo to some, but I feel that deeply. And that is ultimately what I was honoring. My own yes, my own no in my body, but knowing that that comes from my higher self, you know, that comes from God, that comes from um, source. This isn't just an egotistical yes or no. It is related to everyone's highest version of themselves on this journey. So uh, to go forward, that will be how I do word it. And what I do truly mean that I, yes, I feel permission to to work with you. I feel permission from something that is bigger than my little ego self or no, I do not have this permission. And again, um, not everyone has to work this way or feel this way, but I do truly believe that we all have guides. We all have angels, right? We all have our ancestors. We all have all of these realities and dimensions and ways that we can be supported on this human journey. And to me, in my life, with my beliefs, it is so much about the convergence of those things and everybody saying yes, right? So I imagine this whole team of people behind me, uh, my team, and everybody has their own team, right? So our teams are also saying like, yes, like this is going to be great. We're going to work on this together. It's not really just an individual thing. And another way to talk about that in birth work, of course, is with the baby, right? It's so not about me and this woman. Often I feel the babies call in who they want. And just because a mother wants something, honestly, doesn't mean a baby does. And I've seen it time and time again. And, you know, I don't know that I've necessarily felt that way in my own pregnancies, but I've seen it, that they are not aligned, that, uh, you know, the baby may have a different consciousness, really. And often women are just in a place maybe in their practical, physical lives where they're not really connecting to that. And I'm sure that's perfect. You know, I'm sure that's perfect in all the ways. But anyway, my point being that just because uh, woman to woman, we either resonate or we don't, isn't enough for me. It has to be a sense of feeling like this baby is making the call. And again, I think that's part of the visceral yes or no, that if we're really feeling it in our bodies and we're meeting with people, um, we're looking them in the eyes, we're feeling their energy, you know, we're connecting our nervous systems without even trying. We do that all of the time. That's what mammals do. So when we're sitting in a consult, we're noticing how someone's breathing, um, what we see around them, you know, what their energy feels like. And of course, things that they say, things that they share. It's not judgment. It's using your discernment to kind of like make a soup, right? I don't know what my soup soup analogies today are. Um, But all of those things, energy and thoughts and feelings and words and colors, it kind of all goes into this pot, so to speak. And when it gets mixed up, and when it kind of gets mixed up with your own stuff, um, it either works or it doesn't. 
And there's just really nothing wrong with either of it. It's not like a yes is better than a no. So I'm hoping that's helpful to people today. And I'd love to hear your thoughts. I know for me that it is a constant journey. And oh, I think I was going to share from years ago and somehow I got off on a tangent. So I'll go back for a second, uh, which is sort of weird here at the end. But I'll just say that I was not I was not trained in any kind of way in this model. That even in my apprenticeships, of course, I want to say that it could have been hidden from me in a sense as a student. I don't know. Or maybe I was oblivious. So maybe the midwives that I worked with did have this felt sense of yes or no. And I want to say that I believe they did because I do think that's part of this work is using our intuition. But I don't on the surface recall clients being, um, you know, sort of selected in, in this highest way by the midwives I worked with. It seemed like to me as a student, and again, I could be wrong, that with at least the one particular midwife, the more medical one, that we really didn't have any kind of screening process. Anybody that called, anybody that came for a consult, anybody that was willing to pay, And sometimes people that weren't even willing to pay were accepted as clients. And I'm grateful for that. You know, if that's really what was going on, I'm grateful for that because I also know what that feels like. And I do think that a lot of the birth outcomes and situations I witnessed that weren't as ideal did come back to that. It was just the wrong match. These were women that should have been somewhere else. And I know, again, that that is just rampant. That is just rampant. I mean, these midwives that are taking on 10 and 15 births a month, God bless them. As I've said before, I don't have that. I don't have the stamina or interest for that. But really, uh, I don't believe that all 10 or 15 women per month are totally aligned. I don't. I just don't believe it because I've seen it. And when I've met you know, pregnant women, seeing other midwives in workshops or here or there. Um, A lot of them are. A lot of them are aligned with the midwife they're with in whatever way. But there's always a handful that just didn't know they had a choice. So uh, it does fall back on us as midwives, as doulas, to understand how to select people and how to pick the best match and how to honor ourselves. If we don't do that, how do we expect women to do that? That's my greatest question. If we act like it doesn't matter, then how is it supposed to matter, right? And how do women kind of get the right support for them if we're all the same? So uh, to keep rewinding a little bit, that was my experience as a student. And then to be just blatantly honest, I didn't have these skills either of really honoring this yes or no, even as a young midwife. And I didn't have any kind of screening. And again, same, I would just take on pretty much any woman that I met with that wanted to work with me that wanted a home birth. And looking back, that's so silly. And yet it is so common. And I'm so grateful for not being in that place um, because it really did bring, well, I'm grateful for the situations that it brought, honestly, because I learned so much. But if I had to do it over, of course, um, I might, I might go back 
and ask a few more questions and really see if someone was aligned. I can think, of course, of a handful of births that really didn't go very well. And, you know, you know by not just the outcome of the birth, but the way people are in the relationship. So there are definitely people 15 years ago um, who didn't have the birth they wanted and who got mad and, you know, who I didn't end up on good terms with. And really, that's one of the worst feelings as a midwife, uh, you know, because birth is not something we control. And to be blamed for a hospital transfer or whatever it is, um, in hindsight, you know, could have been, could have maybe potentially been avoided uh, if I had been working with people that really, really felt like a yes. And you know what? When you say yes, when your body, your soul says yes, this is part of you know my own destiny. This is part of my own soul contract. You walk that path with that woman. So I'm saying that in the event that it may have sounded like when we choose our yes, it's always perfect. When we honor our yes, we only walk with women that have blissful, easy births. And that is not what I mean. We are not in control of their path or their experience. But when we honor our yes, for example, we're honoring the commitment to something bigger than us that says, I am walking with this woman. You know, I don't know either how it will turn out. Um, I feel aligned with her. I feel aligned with her baby. I feel that they are both aligned with life. But beyond that, I can't script her experience. And that has nothing to do with me. So uh, that is 40-ish minutes of blabbing about honoring this yes or no. And really opening up that idea For those of you that that's new for, or maybe you're in the middle of it, you're exploring it, maybe you're in our school and you've heard me uh, talk about this on student calls, or you've shared your own stories amongst our students, time and time again, this will come up. This will always come up for as long as we work with people. And and I think this goes for people in all kinds of fields, honestly. Uh, maybe you're a healer. Maybe you're a doctor. Maybe you're whatever, a acupuncturist. I think we still have the capacity to listen, to hear, and to honor. If we want to engage with someone, it's really not that weird even though the world, again, tells us that it doesn't matter and that we just work with anyone that comes along and we get what we get and, you know, we're make, out here to make money. Uh, it's a business. You don't turn people down. All these myths, <clears throat> excuse me, all these false beliefs that I don't want at play in my life, especially in an unconscious way. So opening up the conversation, planting these seeds, uh, all for, again, the highest good so that each woman can really find what she's looking for, that she can feel divinely led, that she can release herself from this idea of victimhood or that, you know, this midwife would give her this kind of birth or any of these false ideas. Because at the end of it, it comes back to ourselves, whether we're the mother, whether we're the midwife, it comes back to us and how we feel in our body and how we are engaging in our own realities. That is absolutely the only piece we have control over. Thanks for listening to my sermon. I will return from Oahu with who knows what, maybe so many new and different thoughts 
or maybe not, maybe just a sense of peace and relaxation. I wish you the best week or two, and I'll talk to you soon.